0: Hello, and welcome to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margaret Parker. Today, I will be speaking with Erica L. Fink. MDMS about the article International Survey of Critically Ill Children with Acute Neurologic Insults The Prevalence of Acute Critical Neurologic Disease in Children, a Global Epidemiologic Assessment Study, published in the April 2017 issue of Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. Dr. Fink is an Associate Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Pittsburgh and works in the Division of Pediatric Critical Care Medicine at Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Erica. Thank you, Margaret. Before we begin, do you have any disclosures to share?
1: Yes. This work that I will be talking about today was funded by the Lairdahl Foundation and by the Department of Critical Care Medicine at UPMC.
0: Okay. Thank you. So what do we know about acute neurologic insults in children?
1: What we do know is that brain insults due to trauma, hypoxia, ischemia, and infection are among the leading causes of death and disability in children in high-resource countries. We published a manuscript in Peds Critical Care Medicine in 2013 comparing children hospitalized with and without neurologic disorders from 11 states and found that children that had neurologic disorders had three times the ICU admissions, three times the mortality, and double the length of stay and cost versus children without neurologic disorders. Additionally, a study from the CAPCORN network showed that neurological morbidity was the most frequent newly acquired morbidity in children that were admitted to PICUs. These morbidities can be lifelong and have profound effects on child and family life, and care for these patients is largely supportive in our ICUs. And each patient's disease is unique in terms of the child's developmental status, etiology, and location and severity of the injury. What led you to do this study? Well, I had the good fortune of training in Pittsburgh with leading experts like Bob Clark and Pat Kohanek, experts in traumatic brain injury and cardiac arrest here at the Saffir Center for Resuscitation Research, as well as leaders in health services research at Charisma. It's here that I realized the profound relationship between caring for critically ill children and the need for innovation through research. Also, to optimize success of a collaborative research program that I wanted to develop, I found that I wanted to get to know my patients and also center practice a lot better. So the methodology for Pangea was inspired by the EPIC and PLEVE studies, which utilized point prevalence methodology to get at the epidemiology, treatment approaches, and outcomes in a multinational setting using web-based questionnaires. So gaining a better understanding of these elements for children with neurocritical illness could be a good initial step towards making clinical breakthroughs that can improve outcomes.
0: And, And just to clarify for our listeners, the Pangea study stands for The Prevalence of Acute Critical Neurologic Disease in Children, a Global Epidemiologic Assessment Study. So how did you do this study, Erica?
1: Well, recruiting collaborators was important. So I reached out to the investigators of the PALIVE study, Philip Jouvet and Miriam Sanchi, as well as the PALISI network members who shared their knowledge and contacts and their networks uh, in Europe in addition to North America. We then expanded our network and recruited investigators in Australia and New Zealand, uh, members of the PNCRG, which is a neurocritical care research group, and recruited via the PICs website and through personal contacts to try to be as inclusive as possible. We asked these centers to scan their PICU census on four study dates and enroll children aged seven days to 17 years with new diagnosis of traumatic brain injury, stroke, hypoxic ischemic injury due to cardiac arrest, central nervous system infection or inflammatory conditions, status epilepticus, spinal cord lesion, hydrocephalus, or brain mass. The web-based questionnaire uh, domains included information about the patients, their diseases, site characteristics, monitoring and treatment approaches, and then patient outcomes. Our primary outcome was ICU prevalence of the different diseases I laid out earlier. Our secondary outcomes looked at all-cause mortality. Unfavorable outcome is defined by pediatric cerebral performance category or PCPC score change greater than one or death. And our study endpoint was at hospital discharge or three months, whichever came first.
0: How many hospitals participated in Pangea?
1: We had 107 centers in 23 countries who participated.
0: What were the characteristics of the participating centers?
1: Almost half of these centers were in North America, and most overall were academic, pediatric standalone hospitals. Most also included a PICU fellowship program, but all of these characteristics varied by region. Interestingly, 48% of our centers reported having a neurocritical care service, including all of the participating centers in Oceania, 66% of the European centers, and 35% of the centers in North America.
0: What were your major findings in terms of the prevalence of the various diseases, the insults reported, and the outcomes that they found?
1: Our major finding was that centers enrolled 924 of the 5,135 children screened over the four study days giving us an overall prevalence of 16.2%. Of note, 13 centers that participated accounted for 20 or more subjects each. Females accounted for 41% of the subjects enrolled, and 58% of all of our subjects had a comorbid condition, reflecting our current PICU populations in these centers. 61% of subjects had no disability reported before this new acute insult on their PCPC. We found of the different diseases, That cardiac arrest was the most commonly reported condition, with 23% of subjects enrolled, followed by traumatic brain injury at 19%, status epilepticus at 17%, and CNS infection at 16%. Another finding was all-cause mortality was 12%, which was highest than the children's initially surviving cardiac arrest. The most common causes of death were withdrawal support due to poor neurological status or brain death. Of the children who were previously well, only 44% remained without disability at either hospital discharge or three months. While 18% of them had mild disability, 11% had moderate disability, and 13% had severe disability. 4% were in a comatose state. Up to a third of the children had unfavorable outcome, most frequently in children with traumatic brain injury. But we have to remember that these outcomes were taken somewhat early before rehabilitation potential had been fully recognized. Finally, lengths of stay were quite long, with a median of 22 and 13 days for hospital and ICU lengths of stay, respectively. Most children that survived were discharged home, and 17% were transferred to an inpatient rehabilitation center. One-third of children with cardiac arrest had surgical feeding tubes placed, and one-third of children with spinal cord disease had tracheostomies performed.
0: Were there variations across the different regions?
1: Yes, and we would like to explore this further in ancillary studies. I will note that we're limited in our regional analysis capability by the small numbers of centers participating from Asia and Africa. However, we were able to provide some descriptive material in the initial manuscript. The prevalence of neurologic conditions was the highest in North America at 18 and in Africa at 15.8, compared with Asia at 9.8 and Europe at 12.7. And the cause of the acu- acute neurologic disease differed. For example, cardiac arrest was the most frequently reported condition in North America, Europe, and Oceania, while CNS infection and inflammatory disorders were most prevalent in South America, Asia, and in our single African center that participated. Mortality outcomes ranged from 10 to 14 percent across the centers, but the risk of mortality scores using the PIM3 also differed by region.
0: Interesting. What do you see as limitations of this study?
1: The study certainly has limitations. We captured children admitted to an ICU, so children with milder illness would not have been included in this study. Point prevalence methods have limitations. One important one to note is that we may not have captured children with rapidly fatal illness, certainly children who might have died before reaching the ICU or died acutely in the ICU, while long length of stay may inflate the actual prevalence. Most participating centers were skewed towards large academic centers, but certainly children with critical illness are cared for in other types of hospitals. We also did not capture all types of neurocritical illness, children with other types of neurologic conditions on presentation and also the many children who acquire a neurologic disability while admitted for other conditions such as respiratory disease or cardiac disease. Our study focused on higher resource countries, but as people know, Most child deaths occur in low- and middle-resource countries, which are definitely in critical need of efforts to improve outcomes. We did obtain some additional funding from the Lairdahl Foundation to support a recently completed study in four centers in Africa with amazing collaborators there, focusing on traumatic brain injury and CNS infection, looking at epidemiology, treatment, and outcomes there. We would like to use these findings to support educational advocacy and research efforts moving forward.
0: So what are the implications of your study for our current PICU care?
1: Right. So the results of Pangea show that pediatric neurocritical illness represents an area of critical need for innovation in preventative strategies, monitoring capability, treatment choices, and outcomes assessment. In order to improve outcomes for our patients and families, our critical care community needs to advocate for increased research resources in terms of funding opportunities strengthening of existing and new research networks for collaboration and translation of these of any positive findings into clinical practice
0: so where do we go from here
1: so i think the next steps for pangea are to maximize our knowledge returns through ancillary studies of all the data that we've collected and this is in process now we are prioritizing work analyzing the different center approaches to monitoring and treatment interventions looking by disease and by region and also looking to help answer questions by participating investigator-initiated ideas. Also, I think it would be very interesting to grow the Pangaea Collaborative and sample our results over time.
0: You already mentioned the, the study you did with some additional sites in Africa. Are there other next steps that we should do uh, with regards to resource-limited
1: regions? Yes, we were focusing on traumatic brain injury because it appears to be an understudied Yet emerging cause of mortality and morbidity in low-resource countries. Yet there is not much information on the burden of traumatic brain injury in these countries. So this was an attempt to gain an understanding of the burden of the problem, so that we can then focus perhaps on educational aims, such as developing curriculum and simulation programs for hospital personnel to better care for these patients. Also to advocate for more resources from health ministries across these different centers and countries. And certainly what I found was one of the biggest joys of working with Pangea was that people in the pediatric critical care community really want to, they know that they have to collaborate and they want to collaborate and participate in these studies with the ultimate goal of helping to improve outcomes for their patients and everybody else's patients. So I think we need to take advantage of that spirit of collaboration, not just in North America and developed countries, but also in developing countries. Certainly there's, from my point of view, a mountain of work for many investigators to do in this field, and my hope is that clinician scientists continue to receive the supports necessary to perform these types of research and educational interventions needed to advance our field.
0: Certainly with the degree of morbidity that occurs commonly with acute neurologic disorders, this would be a very important focus for where we go as a, as a critical care community in the years ahead. Do you have any final comments you'd like to make? Thank you, Margaret.
1: I would just like to certainly acknowledge and thank all of the Pangea investigators, study coordinators, the, the Lairdow Foundation, our Pangea Steering Committee, and all the patients that helped us with our work to help move the field forward. I thank you for this opportunity also to share our work in this podcast.
0: Thank you very much, Erica.
1: Thank you, Margaret. We have been
0: talking today with Dr. Erica Fink from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, about the article International Survey of Critically Ill Children with Acute Neurologic Insults, The Prevalence of Acute Critical Neurological Disease in Children, a Global Epidemiologic Assessment Study, published in the April 2017 issue of Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. Thank you for joining us today. This concludes another edition of the iCritical Care podcast. Please check out our website at www.sccm.org iCriticalCare for more information. For the iCritical Care podcast, I'm Dr. Margaret
2: Parker. Join or renew your membership with SCCM, the only multi-professional society dedicated exclusively to the advancement of critical care. Speak with a customer service representative or visit www.sccm.org slash membership for more information. Margaret Parker, MD, MCCM. Dr. Margaret Parker is Professor of Pediatrics at Stony Brook University in New York and is the Director of the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit at Stony Brook Children's Hospital. A former president of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, Dr. Parker is involved in quality improvement and standardization of care in the pediatric ICU, as well as resident education. Her clinical interests include sepsis and septic shock in children. The iCritical Care podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved